when I joined the workforce, uh, I remember thinking, where are the women? I would not go to meetings. I wouldn't see women there. I would be the only woman in the room. I'd go to conferences and there'd be such few women. Pakistan has only 25% women in the workforce. Uh, so I really wanted to do something about it. We often think that committing to a cause goes without saying, that it is natural, like an innate gift. The people you are about to hear from have all launched a non-profit organization that supports women in situations of vulnerability. For some, this commitment comes after a long journey. For others, it comes after an event that occurred in their lives, a specific experience, like a turning point, a revelation to oneself and to others. In co-production with the Doriar Fund for Women, Revealing tells the stories of those who contribute to change society every day. Sadaf has always had very strong female role models who taught her that women can make her own choices. As a young adult, she could not stand the inequalities affecting women in her home country, Pakistan. After studying in the US, she created the Circle Association of Women to play an active role in empowering women facing multiple vulnerabilities, especially through digital literacy that she considers as a basic human right. I'm Sadaf Abid. I'm the founder and CEO of Circle. I grew up in small towns of Pakistan. My dad was in the military and I met, went to government schools all my life. The first time I went to private school was in seventh grade. And then I remember we moved to Lahore, which is where my mother's side of the family was. And um, my best friend was going to the US and I spoke to my parents and I said, I want to go to the US because we're all inspired by our best friends. And my dad said that, uh, you know, go for your masters. You're too young. The US is very far away. It's very different. And somehow I did not give up. And then one of my aunts supported me. And then my father said, okay, you can go if you get a scholarship. So I went uh, to Mount Holyoke, which is a women's college. And that really opened my uh, eyes because I met people from all over the world. I got to take some very interesting courses from like, uh, you know, exploring Italian Renaissance, art history, philosophy, religion. But like a good Pakistani girl, I stayed on the path and majored in economics and international relations. So I came back to Pakistan. Many of my peers were staying in in, in New York, in the U.S., but I had this feeling of going back to my country and contributing there. And I started working in the development sector, firstly as a consultant for the World Bank and ADB, uh, which took me all across Pakistan to places I'd never been before. I went to the frontier, I went to Balochistan, I went to slums. So I had had a sheltered life because when you're in an army cantonment, everything's very well protected. Even though my father had migrated from India and we had a very simple life, but a comfortable life. But that's the first time I saw poverty firsthand. And I was shocked as a young woman. I couldn't believe it, uh, that this existed. Uh, so I really wanted to do something about it. Um, I, another story I'd like to share is that my mother would pick and drop me. And, uh, you know, because most of us in Pakistan, either you have your own transport or your family drops you or you, you know, you're either being dropped in a motorbike or in a car if your family has access. And my mother would be waiting for me 
to uh, you know finish work and I felt really bad so I thought I told her I'd just take a public transport so I took the rickshaw which is like the tuk-tuk and it took uh, uh, you know 40% of my salary and I was like wow that's too much I don't want to spend so much on transport so my only other option was the mini wagon which, where there are only two seats for women uh, in front and uh, you know it's uncomfortably close to the driver the back is packed with men so you face sexual harassment uh, then you walk I had to walk back home about 10-15 minutes in a very nice neighborhood where we lived but that's where I would face harassment and uh, as a young 21 year old um, you know I never talked about it with my family because I didn't want them to get worried but it was a important experience to go through because it gave me uh, empathy and it gave me what millions of women face every day in just making their way to work. So growing up, I had many strong role models. I never got to meet my grandmother, but she was a tennis star. She was a tennis champion. And I always heard stories about her and how charming she was. And she was bright, intelligent and sporty, which was very unusual in those days. I mean, even now, sports and women is not a thing that you think about for Pakistan. And my mother then became a tennis champion. So that has always been very inspiring. And my grandmother's sisters were actually pioneers in the field of art and dance, and they were part of the women's movement. So I have had incredible role models, women who have been ambitious, who've had families, who've been strong. And I never really thought about it, but really, yes, they have played a very important role to create a, a path for me and a path for me to believe in and to have that sort of desire that I too want to give back and contribute. So uh, when I joined the workforce, uh, I remember thinking, where are the women? I would not go to meetings, I wouldn't see women there. I would be the only woman in the room. I'd go to conferences and there'd be such few women. Uh, whether in the audience or in the speakers. So in my home, I was very fortunate that my parents, my dad, believed in equality, and my brother and I got the same treatment. I never really felt there was a difference. I was encouraged to explore my dreams. I was encouraged to be confident. I mean, I traveled for my work as a young woman, and my father never said anything to me that don't go here, don't go there. I went to, in fact, very difficult areas uh, in Pakistan where many people have not gone. So it hit me that, uh, you know, wow, the workforce is actually not friendly for women. And I think it created in me this uh, desire and this uh, sort of focus that we must change things. We, know, we need more women leaders. And then when I went for my master's, I went to the Harvard Kennedy School, and that gave me great exposure in terms of tools and meeting people from all over the world who were doing meaningful work. And uh, to really go back with those tools to Pakistan and then zoom into a problem and see how I could make a difference uh, through that. Unfortunately, things have not uh, changed that much. So there are some real barriers that women face in terms of joining the workforce, in terms of following their dreams, their aspirations. But at the same time, I believe in today's world, with uh, technology, with uh, access to internet, digital literacy, there is real potential for transformation.
Circle is based on the belief that investing in women is critical for Pakistan's economic prosperity. Uh, Pakistan is ranked 151 out of 153 countries on the Global Gender Gap Index, and only 25% women are part of the formal economy. Our goal at Circle is to create opportunities to empower women, and we do this through providing digital skills, digital literacy, and entrepreneurship. Women in Pakistan face many barriers and challenges from mobility, mindset of families, uh, to harassment, and just lack of skills. Hence, it's really important for us to design interventions which empower women so they can play an active role in their own personal development, in realizing their ambitions and dreams, but also investing back in family and communities. We know this, that when women succeed, the entire family grows and communities prosper, nations move forward. Under the pandemic, I realized that basic digital literacy and access to internet is now a basic human right. There are millions of women in Pakistan and globally who do not have access to internet and they also do not have basic digital literacy. What this means is they may have a smartphone but they don't know how to use the internet. They don't know how to use basic digital tools like Google Map, WhatsApp for Business, Facebook, Insta. And today these tools are extremely powerful because they enable women sitting from their homes to set up micro small businesses. And that is what we're bringing to low income women. How to use the internet, how to use these digital platforms for setting up small businesses so they can prosper and their families can grow. At the same time, we also enable them to download apps to get access to other uh, digital tools that, can, that are important for well-being and for families' security and health. So it's really powerful and it's very exciting and meaningful work. Uh, Pakistan has only 25% women in the workforce. Bangladesh, our neighbor, has 40%. Vietnam, further away, is 70%. So we are one of the lowest in the region. And we know this, that no country can prosper unless it utilizes the full talent of its population. And that is why it is so critical to create an ecosystem that is supportive for women and where women and men can both thrive. So basically, under the pandemic, with UN Women's Support, we did a pilot. And uh, the pandemic made conditions uh, such that we could not go out to communities and women could not go out. And many women-led businesses were disrupted and they were facing many challenges. They didn't have access to markets, to customers. So that's where we came in and we trained women on how to get onto Google Meet, Zoom, they had never even heard of these platforms before. And we designed mini tutorials in the local language that we sent to women on WhatsApp. We created digital communities. And then through live sessions, we uh, taught them how to use basic digital tools, like starting from just even how do you switch on data? What is the internet? What is the power of the internet today? You know, so like you and I would Google if we run into any challenge or we have a question. Millions of women don't know that. So it's really important if we don't bridge the digital gender divide today, it's going to get even wider. And that is the cause which is very close to my heart, that we should really enable women through access to internet, through digital literacy, so women can become active economic agents. 60% of Pakistan is young. While this is a huge opportunity, it's also a big challenge because our young do not have skills. The uh, academic education is not really preparing them for the future. 
for the skills that are required, the mindset that is required, the power skills, the problem solving, collaboration, teamwork. And that's where our programs come in because we work with young people so they can have agency over their lives and they can contribute. Uh, all over the world, women-led businesses are on the rise. In Pakistan, we have under 2% women entrepreneurs. And our goal is really that any woman who has ambitions to start a business should be able to do that. Uh, she may not be allowed to leave her home. I mean, there are major constraints in terms of mobility. There isn't safe, affordable transport. Um, careers are not prioritized for women. Uh, so those are real ch challenges and barriers that women face. But at the same time, I feel women have so much, uh, you know, to give. They're so creative, they're resilient, resourceful. And that's where we come in. I mean, we are really enabling them and telling them you can do something, you can do it. And creating communities because alone you feel afraid. You feel like, I'm not sure if I can do this. But if you're part of a community, a peer group, which has uh, got inspiring role models, then you say, yes, I can try this too. And uh, that's big. So we worked with UN Women uh, for two years and we were able to reach out to nearly 400 women. And our goal then was to scale it up because I live in a huge country and it's really important to look at solutions that are scalable, that are replicable, that are sustainable. And the L'Oreal Fund for Women has been really pivotal and instrumental to scale up. So from 400 women, we are this year, 2022, scaling up to 5,000 women, which is growing 10 times. And the bigger goal really is by 2025, reach 100,000 women. So this support from L'Oreal Fund for Women is really important to enable us to get the right team in place because team, your leadership team, is really important, especially when you're scaling up. Then to invest in systems and structures that will enable this growth and also to build partnerships on the ground. So we have a, you know, a really good network of partners that we have developed across the country, which is enabling us to go to various parts of Pakistan and to reach women in uh, you know, very uh, underserved communities. For example, just a few weeks ago, I was in Skardu, which is the northern areas of Pakistan. It's very beautiful. It's got some of the highest peaks in the world. Uh, K2 is over there. But it's geographically very challenging. It's very dispersed population. They don't have um, very good internet over there. They don't have digital literacy. So we went there, myself and my team, and we ran a, a digital literacy program. And it was so well received uh, by all stakeholders. And the women had so much promise and potential and ideas. Uh, but it's challenging because flights don't go regularly, roads can get blocked. So, uh, in fact, my training team was stuck there beyond the training for a couple of days. So we're doing this also with the uh, support of the fund. We're going to places that most people don't go to. Resilience for me means to stay in the game, uh, to really sort of uh, hold your ground. Uh, to be there because when you're designing something new and something pioneering which has not been done before it's very challenging because another big challenge is that women's access to internet to digital tools is actually uh, restricted uh, by family members so we have to advocate that these things are actually not just socializing tools but they're actually great 
business tools, their empowerment tools, and that if a woman becomes economically strong, the entire family becomes strong. So uh, resilience means that for me to really sort of when when there are tough days, when things are not going so well, it's about staying focused. It's about getting inspired by the mission. And that is what anchors me, the mission and the values and the fact that it's really changing lives. I've met many inspiring women uh, through my work. Uh, I'd like to share a story of Khatija, a young woman who comes from a small town, Bahawalpur. And Khatija uh, is from coming from a conservative family. She had learned makeup skills, but she didn't know really how to sell them, how to create a business out of it. She thought she would set up a parlor, a salon, but then she didn't have enough financial resources. And that's when she came across Circle's digital literacy program. And she enrolled in it. She did the classes. And that taught her how to really market her skills through digital platforms. And I'm so uh, sort of proud to share share that Khatija is earning 25,000 Pakistani rupees a month, 120 euros a month. And that for a young woman from the area where she comes from is very significant. And Khatija has now become a role model in her community, inspiring hundreds of women to believe in themselves, to explore their ambitions, to not be afraid. I feel so proud of Khatija and that is why I am inspired uh, by the work that we do on a daily basis because it's really women like Khatija. In Pakistan, we have only 14% women who have formal bank accounts, which is very low, one of the lowest actually in the world. So that is another thing Circle is trying to bridge, creating financial inclusion for women. So women actually can be part of the financial system. They can build a track record at some point if they need access to credit for their business. Men can be uh, real barriers for women's progress. But the way we do it is we really make a case for women's economic empowerment being a real win for not just the woman, but the entire family and community. We know when a woman starts earning, she invests back in the family, in education, nutrition, healthcare. So uh, a woman's success is a family's success. And that is the case we make, but it is challenging. It isn't easy. Um, you know, when we ask women to open Facebook accounts, they say we don't have permission. We're not allowed to do it. So we have to really then uh, give them the tools to have courageous conversations in their family. But I am very much uh, committed that as our numbers grow, as we start seeing more success, as we start seeing more women earning, investing back in their family, more micro small businesses being led by women, uh, more women on digital platforms, it will change. Mm-hmm.